Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. This whole podcast thing has become somewhat of a marathon. Mm -hmm. This is episode 116, and we're going to talk about opportunities for do-overs and why drawing flies can be a good thing. (laughs) To help me wade through it all, here is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How are you doing? I'm good. What about you? I'm good. I'm good. We, yes. uh, we uh, tell you what, I talk about it all the time. I feel like we talk about the weather just about every week on here. Yeah. But, you know, we had weeks of dry, no rain, and then yesterday it was like I was looking for Noah. We, it was. Uh, we got all two weeks worth of uh, rain bum, in one it day. It rained all day long. Yeah. You know, I told somebody the other day. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but you know. On the on the construction side, you know, we were grading all during the winter and last summer, and it just rained and rained and rained. And I was just, golly bum, we needed the rain to stop. Yeah. And I figured out how to make the rain stop. You plant 25 acres of grass, which is what we did on that project, and then the rain just shut off. Oh, Lord. And so yesterday, we yeah, we got about a month's worth of rain yesterday. So um, it's all good, though. You know, yeah. you got to love the weather in, in North Georgia. We don't, we always seem to have extreme weather around here. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I don't know. Is either, it like that way in Jersey? Yeah, I think it's that way everywhere. Is Everybody it? thinks they have extreme weather. I, I think that's just. Well, but, I, you know, we've got some neighbors here that um, they moved from Seattle, and they were amazed when they moved here. They said the raindrops here are huge. Yeah. They said because yeah. in Seattle, it's just like a mist all the time. Rains yep. a lot, yep. but it's like a mist, and they were just surprised at the size of the raindrops, which I found pretty interesting. That is true. Anyway, let's talk about running, not the weather. All right, let's do that. <laughs> we've got some stuff to talk about today, and um, it, we've got um, some national championships coming up, and there's all sorts of things happening in the real world, or you know, in the professional world of running. And of course, we got couch to marathon stuff going up, so we've got plenty of material. We never have a loss for things to talk about around that, here. That is correct. But before we get started, let's talk about this week's sponsor again. If um, if you have a business out there and you want to support Run for God and, and allow us to support you, you can send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all the information you need. But this week's sponsor is SecureMac.com. SecureMac are the makers of the popular security software MacScan 3. This software protects your computer from the threats during targeting Macs, which are malware, keystroke loggers, and stalkerware. People nowadays are storing more and more of their information on their Macs, which provides an ever-growing target for hackers. SecureMac has been educating users about security and privacy for over 20 years now. They even have a podcast to inform users on how to protect themselves online, and they explain it in a way everyone can understand. Try a free scan today, and when you're ready to purchase, use the code RUNNER for a special discount. Protect your Mac before the hackers can steal your security and go to securemac.com. Unfortunately, this is a business that is much needed nowadays. Yeah. Um, It seems like, I don't know, I'm not on Facebook as much as I used to, 
be, but um, it seems like just about every day I'm getting a friend request from somebody that's already been a friend. Hacked. Yeah. And they've been hacked. They've. It's just, it yeah. seems like it's more and more common nowadays. And, and the more and more our information's out there, the more common it's going to be, which... It wouldn't bother you as much if you're as old as me. Because, see, as old as I am and as bad as my memory is, I can't remember whether I'm friends with them on Facebook or not. So, <laughs> But then you get hacked, don't you? But yeah. Isn't that how that works? I don't, I don't know how it works. I, I don't I just either. don't accept them. Right. I accept very few friend requests now for that reason. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Always afraid. Yeah, yeah. I am. So uh, yeah. I actually had a uh, – I put a bike up for sale last night, one of the, one of the kids' old bikes, and um, – I'd heard about this scam. I think it started back in the eBay days. But, I mean, as soon as it went online, somebody immediately uh, messaged me through Facebook Messenger, and they said, uh, is this still available? And I said, yes. And immediately they shot by it. You could tell it was an automated thing. And it yeah. said, well, um, do you use whatever system where they can wire us money yeah. uh, and give me an address so my wife can come and pick it up which is kind of the age old that's a scam they put the money in they pick up the bike and then they pull the money out I don't know how they do it but they do it Yeah. and I just replied back I said I'll take cash in person yeah <laughs> yeah that's sad that we have to even think about stuff I've heard like about that, people but... selling cars that way wow and they somehow put the money in have you heard about that I haven't and it, they've they do it in a way where they have like a twenty four hour hold, and people don't know you can do that, and they come pick the car up. Oh my goodness! And then the next day they pull the money back out, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. So that is our public service announcement for the day. Be careful if you're selling things online for cash that in person at a neutral location. Yeah, that's don't, the best way to do don't it. Don't invite people to your house. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's crazy nowadays, and, and yeah, I mean. It is. I'm glad we have people like Secure Mac here that Amen. can kind of help us with things like that. Amen. Well, this week's Facebook post comes from Ronya Irvin. We've shared hers before, um, and this one was very interesting. It's It says this, 10K week four cross training, itsy bitsy triathlon, 200 meters, four miles, two miles. My friend is just under two miles from finishing Ironman Tulsa. I do not have a gym membership, but wanted to do a tiny try along with him today. I'm in California. So I got a three-day pass. I'm so glad I did. I haven't been in a pool since before COVID. Eight laps in that pool felt wonderful, but also left me completely out of breath. My bike needs to go to the bike shop, so it was nice to get to use the stationary bike at the gym today. And since it's cross-training, I did the elliptical instead of the treadmill. That was so much fun. I have no aspirations of an Ironman, but this mini-try is definitely something I will do again. Praising God for seeing my friend and his friend both safely through the course and for giving me the idea, perseverance, and strength to complete my mini. We're all three praising God today, all for his glory. You know, when I read this earlier, when you sent this to me, at for it kind of got me in the mood to do another triathlon oh yeah it's been a while it's been yeah. a long time since i've done a triathlon but uh not me i don't, I don't know if it's in the cards yeah I, maybe yeah. i'll do one next time you do one yeah well again <laughs> that would be never 
<laughs> that would be never. Unless triathlon, unless they replace the swimming leg with something else at some point. Then, One of those uh, good duathlons. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a duathlon. Yeah. No triathlons for Dean. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a cool way to get involved. I mean, she's kind yeah. of doing something that's supporting something her friends, yeah. and it's something it's completely good to makes it up. It is. It yeah. is. And so many people, they get caught in the rut, and they feel like every day it's a grind just to get out there and do their walking or their running. Mm-hmm. There's ways to mix it up and do something different. And that's what she did. And it sounds like she had a great time doing it. Yeah. So she and she broke she broke all the rules, you know. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it was fully planned. Sounds like she kind of went as she, at, you know she kind of made it up as she went. Um, she used fitness center equipment. She didn't ride out on the road. She didn't do, but she just had some fun she with it. She made it work. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good job, Ronnie. Yeah, that was pretty pretty cool. So, trivia question from last week: Who holds the record for the wheelchair marathon, and what was his time? Did you know this one? I didn't. Of course, I didn't. I didn't know the question until this morning. I think this you were with Angie. That is uh, correct on this podcast. Yeah. But uh, but no, I didn't know this one. This is this is some interesting information. Yeah, in 2020, Daniel Romanchuk uh, unofficially broke the wheelchair marathon record during his virtual New York City marathon. So he did a virtual one. Mm-hmm. He did this 26.2 miles. But the way he did it was he did it basically in a straight line on a flat road. <laughs> And so he did it in an hour and 13 minutes and 57 seconds. That's amazing. Um, and it's so got, does that actually count? No, okay. it does not okay. count. Unofficial. Okay, unofficial. That's unofficial. Yeah, record. that was unofficial. But I thought that was interesting. The official world record is 120, 14 mm-hmm. by Hans Frey. I'm not even, Heinz Frey. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. In 1999, um, he, uh, uh, I can't remember the and now which one he set that in, but but that's the record. Interestingly, the women's record is held by Manuela Schar, who is also Swiss. So the Switzerland, to be such a relatively small country, they've got both world record holders in the wheelchair marathon. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I tell you what, these people are tough cookies. Um, yeah. I've got a good friend. I think you mentioned him down here, yeah, but Greg Shabort, uh, who actually holds the world record. Iron Man, uh, Krieg still holds that title, um, but Krieg's a good friend of ours. Our sons, uh, his two sons, actually competed in triathlon when they were younger with Lane. But um, Krieg's won an ESPY award. He lives just south of here, and he actually builds uh, hand cycles and racing wheelchairs now. But uh, I'll never forget one of the first times I, I knew Krieg. We were at a race, and my father-in-law was there. And of course, Krieg is a double amputee above the knee. So he's his legs are off right below his waist, and uh, he was in his wheelchair. And uh, my father in law walked up, and I introduced him. and And Craig's a super nice guy. Yeah. And uh, he, he jumped out of his chair down to the ground and and tapped his wheelchair seat and said, "Here, sit down, Jerry." My father, <laughs> my father in law was like, "What do you do?" But I'll never forget. Craig could grab the handles of his wheelchair. Now get this picture in your mind. And of course he he's he doesn't have any legs below his waist, but he could grab his wheelchair almost you know almost above his head yeah. and lift himself straight up and turn and sit down. God. He doesn't have to have anybody to pick him up. He's wow. able to to get up there by himself, which is just that's incredible that is, strength. Yes, it think is. About it. Try uh, try thinking above your head and just lifting yourself straight up. It was. It makes you think of the Iron Cross with gymnasts. 
Yeah. You remember, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, and uh, he actually did our triathlon one year, the one we used to put on here in Dalton. Yeah. And uh, when he signed up, I called him and I said, you know, do we need to create a, a para division? He said, no, don't worry about it. He come up here and beat everybody. Everybody, <laughs> everybody with legs, he beat them. <laughs> and uh, just an incredible uh, athlete. I mean, these people are, I, you know, I don't know what kind of perception people have of, of para athletes. But they're some of the toughest athletes out yeah. there. I mean, they they yeah. have to be. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now, there have been some, I mentioned the one, and then Marcel Hoog. If you've, if you've ever watched the Boston Marathon or New York City Marathon or those other marathons mm-hmm. on television, um, they always show the wheelchair athletes, which is, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Because they they give them almost equal showing with the, with yeah. the normal because it's pretty exciting. I don't know, you're running. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that one race. Oh my gosh! That that Krieg was in in London. Oh, the London Marathon. There were like six or eight of those guys. All coming I mean, like home coming down to the home stretch together. In That's yes. the thing. You know, there's they're yes. steering these things. Yes. with their hands. And, that know, was that was one of the most amazing finishes to any race, anytime, anywhere. Running. Yeah. Wheel, doesn't matter because there were so many of those guys all coming in together. Most of the time in wheelchair races, you have somebody, they're way out in front of everybody and they're finish, finishing by themselves. But that one was really exciting. Yeah. If there were more of those type of wheelchair races, wheelchair racing would become maybe just as popular as running. Well, and the chairs nowadays. I mean, like I said, uh, Krieg owns a company, Able Sports, I think is the name of it. Um, but these are some... These these are not your. If you have an idea of a wheelchair in your head, it's not that. Yeah. These things are very light. Yep. I mean, sixteen to twenty pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Just, they're about ten thousand dollars for a nice one. Yeah. Um, or, well, or, or that's more. for the chair, but now they're putting you know six seven thousand dollars set of wheels on them. Yeah. Carbon wheels. Yeah. So they'll have sixteen eighteen grand in one of these things. And, yeah. But yeah, they're they're it's like a NASA. You would think NASA designed these things yeah. the way they're they're aerodynamic lot, now, and it's a lot like bicycles. Yeah, really, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just uh, adapted for for something different. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, you know, these guys too when they train. A, a couple of athletes that I think about when wheelchair athletes. I mean, they go out and they train like we do as runners mm-hmm. or walkers. I mean, they they go out, they do long runs, long rides. They yeah. do. Uh, intervals they do the same things that we do yeah and uh i I, I don't know you don't think about that i don't think i think about it too with walkers competitive walkers they go out and they do those things i remember back several years ago i got a chance to meet and talk to uh, a walker from judson university she's matter of fact she just competed in in the united states championships and was like seventh or eighth and um they do the same thing right and it's just it's it's hard to picture that yeah, because I've never seen anybody doing it. Yeah, but uh, but it, it's yeah. Th- one of the races Lane does uh, down in Sarasota, it's a Continental Cup for para triathletes, and so when we go to that race, you know they're they're everywhere, you know, and um, yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, one of our very own Grace Norman uh, won a gold medal at the para triathlon uh, in the Olympics a few years ago, and uh, yeah, just. Uh, People have this, like I said, they have this perception of of para athletes in general, and you know they're just like us. Yeah. In fact, you know they're 
I think they've got an edge on us as far as mental fortitude because you know they've they've lived with it their whole life and they've you know they're um, they're tough. And I've always I've always said that the athletes that I enjoy coaching the most are the ones that went through some kind of hardship. Yeah, when they were younger. Right. Uh, because they tend to be tougher mentally. And sure. it's kind of the same thing with yeah. these athletes is they grow up having to overcome things that the rest of us don't it's have in their, to overcome. It's in their blood. I mean, yeah. they have to. Yeah, know? exactly. So. It's pretty cool. Well, not too far down the road here, we got the Hawkins 10K coming up, right? Um, down in Cartersville, Georgia. Yeah. We talked about that last week. Yeah, and I was talking to Angie this morning, emailing Angie back and forth this morning about it, July 16th. Yeah. Um and uh this is going to be a this is going to be a first for us. It's a very unique race and it came about last year when we went down there just to show up. They they had their own little Hawkins 10K fundraiser down there for Run for God and uh they didn't even know we were coming, did they? No, they no, did last year. Yeah, we just surprised and, uh, we them. just showed up there and they had their, you know, pretty good sized group and she had a line on yeah. the car it's basically a cart path yeah uh, a running path that goes to this beautiful area of cartersville side farms and rivers and uh yeah uh, so we showed up and we did this and when we got done we were like we've got to do this again yeah and um so yeah we're kind of putting you know our platform behind it you know it was it was it was a blast and we want anybody that can come to join us the race is actually free um, you know, and and donations are, are welcomed. Um, all the all the proceeds go to to run for God. But uh, yeah, Patrick and Angie, and she's got a whole team with her now that's yeah. that's helping to to promote this and put it together. They're doing all the heavy lifting. You yeah. and I, we're really not having to do anything. Um, we're helping out where we can. But Angie Angie knows how to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. She's got a, a good group with her helping her to put this together now and, and i'm excited about it i am too so go to runforgod.com it's at the top of the page you can go to hawkins uh uh fund razor it's f-u-n-d fun the razor <laughs> and uh yeah it's gonna be a blast it's yeah. uh july the 16th in cartersville georgia or you can do it from anywhere usa we've yeah. got a virtual option as well so uh we hope you'll join us we'll have some kind of live feed if we can get the um Sales service to cooperate down there. Yeah, we got to go down there and check that out. Yeah. I'm going to do that so, sometime uh, soon. So, yeah, go check it out. Yep. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. Okay, Dean, so we're back. And before we went to break, we I failed to mention, you know, this is usually the part where we, you know, we plug the Hawkins Family 5K, but also the new website. Yeah. We still don't have a release date yet, but we've been working on it, and this thing is coming together. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to got a lot of new bells and whistles. The whole user experience from the um, from the member side 
is is stepped up 10 times yeah so i uh, just want to keep that in everybody's mind out there if you, if you haven't joined run for god go ahead and join uh you can go to runforgod.com and join uh hopefully within the next few weeks we will have a launch date for that website and we'll be getting instructions out to everyone to we're going to make it as seamless as we can uh that from from where we go to the new website to the from the old website to the new website, we're going to make that process as seamless as we can. So we'll be getting information out on because you'll have to create a new password and things like that. So we'll be getting that information out. But it's it's uh, I think everybody's going to be pleasantly surprised with this new website. I'm pretty excited about it for sure. And on Thursday nights, we we mention this every week. We have a live thing every Thursday night, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes recently we just did a question and answer session, and sometimes we do Bible study, and sometimes we do something very specific about running-related technical kind of stuff. We could do anything, mm-hmm. but one thing's for sure, we usually have a good time with it, yeah. and it's very interactive, and if you ever... If you've ever been there, you know that I try to respond to questions as they come, and um, and it's a lot of fun. So get involved on the Thursday night. Thing. And I'm sure if somebody has suggestions on topics, yes. you're open to suggestions. A hundred percent. I love the suggestions because I want to take – I want to go in the direction – you know, I try to go in directions I think we're all headed yeah. in. Uh, but if you guys have good ideas, uh, let me know what they are, and I'm sure you do. So, uh, yeah. And we've received – Several stories lately, mm-hmm. and but we still we got a, just a few in the queue. Still, we we need some more stories. So yeah. share your story with us um, at runforgod.com. It's because a, we know you've got one. That's right. Everybody does. Yep. So have you ever run up on something while you're out running, like snakes, or you've probably run up on? I, I thought about yeah. I've I've jumped over a few snakes. Um, I think the things that stick out of my head are. The storms I've run up on. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, whether on thing. the bike or on the run, we've, you know, I know I've been on a person's front porch before that I didn't know. <laughs> Remember that story? Um, yeah, just if you, if you're out on the road long enough, you're gonna run up on some things. Yeah, yeah. But that's what makes it. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. Well, last week, I think what made me think about this was last week I was running and I was. I think I was running a long run and I was feeling pretty good and things were just flowing really nicely that day. And it's just one of those good runs. And there was a turtle crossing the road and I ran by him and I got a hundred yards by him and thought oh, I should have stopped and helped him across the road. <laughs> I don't know. I got a friend of mine that got, got me into that years ago. This guy would, if he sees a turtle in the road and he's driving, yeah. he will stop his car I do get out and help the turtle across the road. Yeah, and um, yeah, but I didn't stop to help this poor turtle. So uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. I I just I was feeling too good. I guess I don't I don't know. That's not a good excuse. See, I've seen yeah the little the little turtles. I'll I'll help now. The snapping turtles they're on their own. Yeah, yeah. I've I've tried to help one of them before and about lost a finger. But uh, but yeah, the little the little you know eggshell turtles i'll help them across yeah yeah not the snapping ones i still remember the first time i saw a snapping turtle it surprised me i didn't know that's what it was they look like a dinosaur oh they do yeah yeah Yeah, and they are some very prehistoric yeah yeah we've got a lot of them around here we see a lot of deer around here too especially if you run in the mornings Mm -hmm. um 
And I think one of the funniest things I was running, you know, there's that track down there in Cahutta Mm -hmm. and I was just doing laps on that track one day and there's turtles all around that uh, turtles. There's squirrels all around that track. And and you know how squirrels are when you run up on them with your car, Mm -hmm. they kind of, they don't know what to do. They can't decide which direction to go. Well, this squirrel and your car is moving pretty fast. So you understand it a little bit. I was running and this squirrel was doing this in front of me while I was running. And I thought, I thought he needs to make up his mind because I'm afraid he's going to run up my leg accidentally if I, if I don't watch out. Uh, so, yeah. And then I think I've told the story on here about the deer that I almost ran into one time. That was a, yeah. that was a funny, funny thing. I mean, I literally almost ran into a deer. I came within two, three feet of yeah. running into a deer. Deer can be dangerous. They can be. Yeah, Lang was in a bike race one time and it was the, he was in the Peloton. Have you ever heard this story? It was in Chattanooga. He was in the Peloton, which is the big group of cyclists, and the the lead moto was out in front of him, the the motorcycle. And it was in Chattanooga, and the so they were right behind the motorcycle. And this deer, there's a bank beside the road. This deer comes off the bank and lands on the motorcycle driver. My the motorcycle goes down, and then the whole field just piles up on top of the motorcycle driver and uh so yeah there's you gotta be careful out there you do you do especially when you're running in the in the country that's that's where the wild animals are yeah well how about a story about do-overs you played golf i remember you were uh uh, and you know what a mulligan is yeah i've taken too many mulligans in my life yeah (laughs) we used to play you used to play like we used to play two off the first tee a lot of times we would say we'll we'll get two off the first tee, but then after that, no more, no mulligans. Right until yeah. you get to the second tee, yeah. and you're like, well, you know, let's do one more. <laughs> Try not to do that. I was in a golf tournament. We're getting off on tangents here. Yeah. I was in a golf tournament just recently, and uh, you know, used to when you played in golf tournaments, you could buy like two mulligans. Yeah. Well, this golf tournament, you could buy unlimited mulligans. Oh my goodness! You could like. And it was a fundraiser, so right. obviously you know what they're doing. Five bucks a pop. You can buy as many as you want. Yeah. But it, it really makes it unfair because the person with the most money is going to win the golf tournament because they'll just, they're just <laughs> we keep doing it. Keep yeah. buying mulligans. And that's why, I mean, we were like 12 or 13 under, which I thought was going to be pretty good. I think yeah. the winning team was like 24 under. What? Yeah. But how many mulligans <laughs> did they buy? You know, I was a little bitter after that. 24 under. That's ridiculous. (laughs) My goodness. All right. Well, this week's story is called The Joy of a Mulligan, and it comes from Heather Valdez out there in Wyoming. So, got um, to meet Heather. Yeah. Yeah. Great lady. So, this is what she writes Have you ever heard the phrase taking a mulligan? According to Wikipedia, mulligan is a slang term for a second chance to perform an action, usually after the first chance went wrong through bad luck or a blunder. The term originated in the early 1920s in the game of golf. No, I'm not a golfer, but a mulligan is an interesting concept to me. It's essentially a do-over with no penalty. Not only is no penalty assessed, but we get to apply the lessons learned from the first try. Wow! Think about it. A true second chance. 2021 was a year of second chances and starting over for me. But let's go back to the beginning. I wanted to be a runner since I was 12 years old. I remember going out for runs in my basketball shoes and coming back so winded and discouraged. Fast forward more than 40 years and while coping during a pandemic, God rekindled my dream to become a runner. 
I started the Run for God Couch the Marathon journey back in January of 2021. I was so excited at the prospect of completing a marathon and at Walt Disney World nonetheless. I planned and prayed and saved for the trip and I began my running journey with a 12-week 5K training plan. You know, 60-second run, 90-second walk for 20 minutes, three days a week. And while it wasn't terribly difficult because of my activity level up to that point, I stuck to the plan religiously. I'm really good at following the rules. I had some intermediate goals in my Couch to Marathon plan, such as run some sort of organized race every month for 2021, get my 5K, 10K, and half marathon completed according to the plan. I was excited about my progress and thanking God every day for just how far I'd come. Then, while running one of those monthly races in June, I injured my foot. An injury put me out for six weeks. Six whole weeks. No running. Not even walking because Doc put me in a fancy boot. I did what I could by swimming, but it just wasn't the same as running. I canceled the reservations I had for my 10K race, and when my six weeks was up, I started over again. After some test runs, I realized I hadn't lost as much as I thought I had. God had used the time not running to strengthen me. No, not my running muscles, but my trust muscles. He had a plan, and my taking a six-week break and starting over was part of it. I had gained more mental strength during my break because I had to trust His plan. While I hadn't lost that mental grit, I was physically about 12 weeks behind the original plan. It was okay because God had a plan. I kept training, not for a marathon in January, but for a half in December. Little did I know that God was preparing me to have yet another pause. I felt God reassuring me day by day that I was right where he wanted me to be. I was getting physically, mentally, and most importantly, spiritually stronger, leaning into that trust he had built during the quiet. Then once again, God put another break in my journey. My doctor determined that I needed a major surgery. I kept telling myself, God's got this. I ran up until the day of surgery. Each day, I felt stronger, and that trust muscle God had built during my foot injury got even stronger. Surgery day came and went, but as the recovery time passed, I began to get discouraged. I wasn't even allowed to walk for exercise. Trust me was what I kept feeling God impress upon my heart. I'd built that trust muscle muscle through the summer just for this time. In the quiet of my time of recovery, God reminded me that he had brought me to this journey. He reminded me of that 12-year-old girl who wanted to be a runner more than anything and of the woman he showed how to run 40 years later. He reminded me of all the runs I had completed that year. He reminded me that he had taught me so many lessons through running that year and I was going to get to start over, to have a mulligan, but with the benefit of all that experience behind me. As I started over, I realized what a gift I'd been given in having to start over, not just once, but twice. Did I lose physical strength, stamina, and endurance? Well, you bet. But I gained so much more in the time of stillness and recovery, growing to trust my Savior more deeply. In starting over, God called me to, once again, start at the beginning. In January 
2022, I started the Couch to Marathon journey from the beginning with a 60-second run, 90-second walk for two minutes. And God willing, this mulligan will culminate in running the Big Beach Marathon in Gulf Shores, Alabama in January 2023. But if I have another interruption in my plan, he's sure to give me yet another mulligan. I'm so grateful to be on this journey again. What a glorious gift to be able to carry to the, those lessons into the second chance. Still building that trust in Jesus, and I'm excited for all the new things he's teaching me this time. He's taking the old and layering on the new, and only God could give that gift. I thank God for the joy of a mulligan. Wow. Great job, Heather. I think she needs to write more stories. She does, because that was She's pretty well done. This. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just, uh, I love that concept. I've never thought about that concept of a mulligan and really applying it to what God does in our lives many times, because it's so true. Yeah. He he allows us to go through bad times so that he can bring us on the other side and learn from those lessons, which yeah. is exactly what a mulligan is. I mean, how many times you're on the golf course and you hit a bad shot and you use that mulligan and, and what do you do? You you make a correction. Yeah. And uh and that's what God does with us a lot. That's how we that's how he draws us closer to him. That's exactly right. Um so yeah, this was a, a great reminder. Well and I have to be honest, I'm a little miffed about this because I can't believe I didn't think of that concept. With all the stories that I've written, I can't believe And you were a golfer. Yeah. I can't believe that didn't run through my mind. To, to write a story about mulligans. It's a great idea, Heather. So uh, so thank you for that. Um, I remember, and this is interesting about mulligans. I remember there was one hole. There was a course at one point in my life, I, I joined this golf club and I was playing almost, almost every day. I played five times a week probably. I'd go after work and hit some balls. I, I just did it a lot. And so, but there's one hole. And, and if you can picture it, Along the right side of the hole was a road all the way down that right side. And it's got magnets on it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's fairly close to the fairway. I mean, it's not the, the fairway went left and you had to keep the ball from going right. Well, you know how golfers in general, most golfers tend to hit the ball right. Right. They tend to fade it or, or slice mm -hmm. it right. And I just remember struggling with that so, so bad. And. And it was just, it was really, really frustrating because it seemed like the harder I tried to stay away from that road, mm -hmm. the further over the road it went. And I finally figured it out. And once I figured it out, now I can go to that same hole and I can step up there with all the confidence in the world that I'm going to hit the ball right down the middle of the fairway because I figured out how to do it. I figured out where I needed to, you know, where my feet needed to be and just the whole, the whole thing. I realized what I was doing wrong. And what happened was... Every time I tried to adjust myself to stay away from the problem, I went, it made the problem worse. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I finally figured that out. And isn't that the way it is? But it's a lesson in focus. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the way God, now God is, is like that. He, mm -hmm. he gives us these unlimited chances. I don't know how many times I hit it over that road, but he gives us all these chances to get it right. As long as our, my heart was always, I want to, I want to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I was always focused on trying to figure it out. And that's the way God is with us with everything that we do. He gives us all the opportunities we need to figure it out as long as our heart is in the right place and we're trying to trying to figure it out. Yeah, but I, and I also think, I mean, what I think what you learned on that hole, because, I mean, let's be honest, if the road was on the left, 
you would still hit the road. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way golf is. But what yeah. we learn in golf that we can apply to running and to life and our walk with Christ is that, and maybe today is golf for God. I don't know, but it's where we focus. Yeah. You know, in golf, if you're, if you're focused on that hazard to the left or to the right, that's where you're going to hit the ball. Yeah. But when you start focusing on the process, yeah, your, your grip, your, the way you're lined up, you know, your backswing, if you're focused on the processes, the ball goes where you want it to go. Yeah. But, and it's just like I don't I don't know. There's so many things that you go where you're focused. Yeah. You know, on a on a bike ride, if you feel like you're about to crash, well, they say you're going to go where you look. Mm-hmm. And if you if you look away from the crash, you'll you'll you 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 may not get into that. But if you <laughs> if you're looking at that crash in front of you, that's where you're going to wind up. And wow. that's kind of a lesson for our walk with Christ too. Yeah. You know, as long as we're focused on God, things might get bumpy. Um, but we're we're gonna stay firmly in His will, and if we start looking at the distractions, and, and let's be honest, there's plenty of them. I was listening to the the podcast from from two weeks ago, uh, just yesterday, and and we were talking about that. You know, where's our focus? Are we are we focused on the things of the world, which there's so many things vying for our attention now? Or are we focused on Scripture? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I, that's a good word. Maybe maybe we need to do golf for God next. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Boy, there's lots of lessons there. That's <laughs> You uh, want to learn if you have patience or not? Yeah, well. Go play around with golf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've told you my golf really golf helped me with my temper a lot. Um Really? Uh, oh, yes, it did. And I don't I don't I never had that effect on me. Well, I, I, I don't feel comfortable telling that story here, well, but I'll have to tell you that story. There was a one moment in time that changed the way well, I'll put it this way. I saw a person get really, really upset. I think you have told uh, me that story. Yeah, I saw and you thought that's how I look. Yes. Yeah. And it made it changed the way I behave on the golf course. I never threw another club after that. Most people have that epiphany when they break that four hundred dollar driver. Yeah, they hit it on the ground. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you took the cheaper route. I did. Yeah. Proverbs three five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Because Solomon's telling his son here that he can trust God fully. That's what he means by with all your heart, right? Mm. And what I thought was interesting, and I didn't know this, the original word here um, when this was written, the, this trust gives this is a picture of a servant waiting for their master to give them an instruction. I'd never heard that before, but it really, really clarifies this, uh, this picture here. Um, and and on in today's world, we do a horrible job <laughs> at le- not leaning on our own understanding. Yeah, I, because I mean we're kind of we're kind of trained that way nowadays. Because you know, in the corporate world, we're taught to be what is the word I'm looking for? Where you, you assertive? You, assertive. Yeah, we're we're taught to be assertive, and yeah. you know, uh, we. As an employee, it's not necessarily a good thing to be, you know, going to your boss and saying, "Okay, boss, what do you want me to do next?" They they want you to to be assertive and and to learn and, and to take ownership, take ownership, and and so some many times we we translate that over to our walk with Christ, and mm. that gets us in all kind of trouble. Yeah. We 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 do need to have that picture of 
um, a servant. Yeah. And not assertive, being a, ser- a servant. And, you know, we've talked about the streetlights before. You know, so many times I want to run ahead to that next streetlight, and it's not on. And it's because God hadn't turned it on yet. You know, we need to we need to work where God is and stay there until God says, go somewhere different. God doesn't need people to be assertive. He needs people to be obedient. Yeah. Um, and that's – but in our world today, that's that's not – that's not culturally the way to do it. Yeah. You know, in a culture of today we're it's all about getting ahead and and being assertive like you said and and but that's that's not the way we're to be with with our walk with Christ. Um, yeah, we also in this day and time too, we tend to a lot of times even when things I, I think about it in, in politics, not we're not going to talk about politics, but a lot of times we do something and we have good intentions. Of, of going in the right direction and then we don't go in the right direction mm-hmm. and what do we do we feel like well if we just try a little harder in that direction <laughs> we'll fix it right and and the truth is we need to not go in that direction it's kind of like that briar patch we talked about that's exactly the same we thing. just keep yes. plowing through the briars and if we just stop yes turn around and get some direction from god and go back to god's way yeah. Then we'll be fine. But we, for some reason, we like we like getting caught in those briar thickets and just trying to because we're so smart. Keep pushing through, and it's yeah. There's there's a better way. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah forty three eighteen and nineteen. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? It will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Uh, the thing that strikes me here is that the verses prior to these, um, he t- it, the, it's telling us to remember the past, right? So he says, remember the past, because, you know, the Red Sea and everything that happened to the Red Sea was a big deal, right? And it's very important to realize that God moved in our lives. And now here he's saying, don't remember the former things. <laughs> so so it's it's interesting. And, of course, it's the, the difference is obvious. Right. Yeah, I think one is is but, you know don't don't live in the past don't don't yeah. wallow in your failures yeah um because that's where that's where many people get hung up is they you know what they they're they're defined by their past and I think we're not to be defined by our past we're we're our identity is in Christ but yeah we do need to remember where God has you know helped us through situations and you know, helped us navigate through certain situations, but we don't need to go live there. Yeah. You know, we don't need to live in the past. We need to look at the past, but continue forward. Yeah. And that's why God gives us brains and choice and free will. And he gives us the, these things so that, because he wants us to follow him willingly. Sure. And so that's why he gives us this discernment about what, when should we be looking back and how should we look at what we look at when we look back. And right. Uh, yeah, I think it's I love this. I'm doing a new thing too. Um, how often do we we get bogged down with that's not the way we do it. You know, we we talk all you know, that's that's not the way that's done. I watch, you know, you know, my wife and I do different things and like, you know, whenever 
whenever she inevitably does things differently than I do them. And I watch her and I so want to get in the middle of it <laughs> because she's doing it different. And in my mind, she's still doing it right. Exactly. But in my mind, I'm thinking she's not doing that right. You know, that's the first thought that comes through your mind. And then you see and you go, oh, okay, that works too. <laughs> but, but our first thought is always, that's not the way we do it. Right. And, and God is all about new things and going in a different direction. It's kind of all about what we do here. We take people who've never run before and we try to get them to a marathon finish line. That's a whole new thing that a lot of people never thought about, right? And there's different ways of doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scripture passage, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in, of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, I, I think when, as I read this verse you know, Paul just, I just love Paul. Yeah. I, I think this is the true picture. And I walk with Christ. When we start to take on this understanding is true wisdom. Yeah. I don't, I don't think for a, a young, I think the difference between a young Christ follower and one who has, has been at it for years and is steeped in the word, this is the difference. Yeah, because this is something, this is something we don't gain day one in our walk with Christ. It, it takes, it takes hardships. You don't know it until you've been there, and that's so hard to explain. To, like for instance, the youth. When we work with the youth, they, this is a concept that's they just can't grasp. Yeah, you know when they're early in their faith, but you know now. 44 years old and i don't know there's people listening to this thinking well he's just a youngster yeah, yeah. I, I my hope is that when i'm 65 i'm going to know this even all the better yeah but today looking back on when i was 25 and walking with christ i i just i didn't understand this yeah you know i, I didn't fully understand it but today i can look back and i can thank him for the hardships in my life when during those hardships I was saying, Why God? And so and today when I have hardships, there's still a part of me that says, Why God? But there's also a huge part of me that says, I know I'm gonna learn something here. I know God is gonna work all things for his good. And maybe in twenty years I don't even have that thought. I don't know. You know I but but this is the true picture of of wisdom i think in, in our walk with christ yeah we're so often when we're younger here's what we do when we're younger we spend a lot of time thinking why doesn't god just take this away from me mm -hmm. rather than okay what's god trying to teach me as i go through this which is what we tend to do as after we become more mature in our in our uh, walk with christ um, but at first it's like well i don't understand why you want to put me through this and then, of course, we learn, mm -hmm. but uh, that, that's kind of, I think that's the difference in mindset.
from being a new Christian to being following Christ for a long period of time is the more you see it, the more you, you, I think you go from why God, why did you put me through this? Why, why can't you just take this away from me to, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me to where Paul is here? Thank you, God, for giving me these hardships because I know on the backside of this, there's value in it. Yeah. And I think the wisdom really, it, it I guess it kind of illuminates itself the brightest when, and I hate to use the word persecuted for for us because there's so many people around the world that we don't know what persecution is. But when, when our faith is tested by people, I think that's where our our um, wisdom shines the brightest. Because just even in this ministry, early in this ministry, I remember people would, you know, just lash out at us on social media and things like that. And my first reaction was to just go back at them and 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 argue with them. Mm-hmm. But now it's not. It's yeah. it's it's a much more tempered approach because I understand how God wants us to handle these situations. And early on in this ministry, a lot it was a lot of how, how does Mitchell want to handle these situations, yeah. and that comes from years of having these comments and things lofted at us from the other side and i don't i don't know i I, i'm not wise yet but i think i'm wiser than i was 20 years ago or even 10 or 12 years ago when this ministry started and you know that's that's comforting the older i get but that's also something that we need to we need to pour into that younger generation and help them understand this concept you know we help them understand but they're not going to get it till they go into those valleys. They go into those hardships. They go into that, you know, they have that persecution. They're not going to fully get it, but we need to be doing our part as older and wiser to be pouring into that younger generation. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it makes perfect sense. And it's a really good analogy. And I, I, I think about how I, I want to get to a point. I'm, I'm the same as you, you know, my, I, I still want to occasionally lash out and I still, but I, I'm, I'm wiser as well. You know, I'm, I'm a, it's a lot easier for me to let things go now than it used to be. But where I want to go, and I'm sure in your heart where you want to go is I want my initial response to be compassion mm-hmm. for the person who's lashing out because something caused that. And there's there's probably pain beneath that that negative statement or that statement that's meant to tear you down or you know, whatever. And I think that's the thing that has changed the most about me. And I feel like for you, too, mm-hmm. is we, we have a different lens now and we can 90 percent of the time when people or 95 or maybe all of the time when people lash out at us, it's really not at us. Yeah. In fact, it, it's. It's at God. You know, I think scripture is pretty clear that it's it is not about us. It's about him. And but there's always something deeper there. You know, that's the thing that when when I run across people not necessarily lashing out about this ministry, but just lashing out at us in in, in person, whatever it's about. You know, if it's a a waitress that's just in a bad mood and you know, they're taking it out on you or whatever it is. It's like I can see that now. I can see that almost in their eyes, there's something going on, you know, whether it's at home or whatever. You know, they they don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, and 
it's almost like God has given us that ability to see that now yeah. in people and mm-hmm. know that this isn't about me. Yeah. This is not about me. And if it's the faster you can remove yourself from those situations and realize this is about them, this is a spiritual battle going on in their life, then God can really use us. Yeah. But but when we insert ourselves into these situations and it's about me and you know God, God it, we're, we're not a very good tool for God to use when, yeah. when we're there. That's true. I found this quote from Alexander McLaren. He was a European minister back in the 1800s, which I really, I really liked in, in kind of looking at the, it, he said, ministers of the gospel especially should banish all thoughts of their own cleverness, intellectual ability, culture, sufficiency for their work, and learn that only when they are emptied can they be filled? And only when they know themselves to be nothing are they ready for God to work through them. I thought that's a great quote for the, the, this whole idea of, and, and the direction that we should go and the way that we should think about it. Now he's talking about ministers, but that we're all ministers. Yeah, so. I mean, think about think about all the things that we think. So when when somebody lashes out or says something or and you want to lash out back, you know, we think we're justified. We think they're they're going to get what they've got coming. All these th- things, but think about the characteristics of God, and and we're to mirror God. Well, anytime we start to have those thoughts, none of that lines up with the character of God. Mm. None of it. As yep. much as we think it's justified, it's it's not love. Mm-hmm. At, at the end of the day, if it doesn't show love, compassion, grace, mercy, all those things. But so many times we think, well, God, I'm going to help you out here. And we've said that on here before. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't work. And it's it's we're not a tool that God can use if it doesn't line up with his characteristics. We're yeah. just we're useless to God. And that's not a place I want to be. No. Nope. Here's a question. Have you had a time in your life where God called you to start over? And what did he teach you during that time? I can't help but think about just I went you know a whole different direction when I started with Run for God. It was that's a whole, that was completely different than I'd ever done before, um, and and that was uh th- there were some there was some of this pain in the middle of all of that, mm-hmm. and and but but God has has taught me an awful lot about my direction, my attitude, my, all of these things that we're talking about here, the compassion, all, all of those things, um, they've gotten better. The things that I struggle with, you know, we, we, all, we talk all the time. If, you don't, if you're not patient, well, how's God going to help you with patience? He's not going to give you patience. <laughs> right. He's going to put you in those positions. And, and God has done that, but he's done it in such a loving and gentle way mm-hmm. over the past five or six years. Um, and and I, I think it's really... It's just amazing to watch God work. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, another question. What lessons has God allowed you to learn so that you could apply them to a time of restarting? You know, I think as you were just talking about in the first question, um, you know, when we when we started this ministry, I kind of I, I kind of left a career that I'd been in since I was a kid, the building industry. And as of the past few years, he's kind of allowed me to come back to it in a very limited capacity. 
but I think he's given me a different perspective um, on what I used to do. I, I, you know, before being in that field, it was all about, you know, making money and getting ahead and, and all these different things. And, and now I'm back with some of the same people, like I said, on a limited basis, but my perspective has completely changed. It's yeah. like, it's almost like that's a mission field now. Yeah. Um, I, I look at people completely different when I, when I hear the way people talk now, I don't, I don't look down on them, but it's completely different I mean, I I don't know how to explain it. Uh, yeah. I, some of the people I work with now, um, my desire is to see them to come to know Christ. Yeah. And that's not done with me preaching. Yeah. That's done with me uh, using the tools that God has given me now to live my life different, to set myself apart, not better, but to set myself apart and not and, and to be different. Yeah. than everybody and I my prayer is that that's that is what I'm doing yeah. Um, and yeah I think it just it's a different perspective on the same atmosphere that I used to be in yeah that's interesting yeah we had an interesting thing happen on our Dalton State cross country team we had a girl she's a freshman and she was accused of plagiarism now you got to understand this girl was a 4.0 student in high school great student great person just a pleasant person to be just somebody you would never think would ever cheat and ever under any circumstances and she didn't cheat in the true sense of the word in other words she didn't intentionally do something wrong but what she did was wrong Mm -hmm. and her definition of plagiarism the the teacher's definition of plagiarism was different than i've ever heard before yeah um but here's what it came down to. It came down to how are you going to handle this? And so what what this girl decided to do was she decided to say, okay, I didn't I didn't do it right. She went back and she went back to the teacher and she said, I want to do this right. And I want to I want to rewrite this portion of the paper that there was a problem with. And the teacher said, well, I have to give you a zero. And she was like, that's okay. I'm going to do it because I want to do it right. Hmm. And she did it and she turned it in. Now, there were lots of different ways she could have responded to that. I personally didn't agree with the the definition mm-hmm. and, and the, all the circumstances, but it didn't matter. That's what the teacher thought. That's her job. And we could fuss about it. But instead, she just said, Let, let's let's go in a positive direction. Let's figure out how we can handle this in a positive direction. And and so that's what she did. She had a hearing. I went to the hearing with her. It was, you know, I mean, she's basically being told you're getting a zero. You're, you know, this is the future of your grade is going to suffer because of this. And she just took all that and said, okay. She had to do some, she had to do some kind of an online class in, in the interim. Well, at the end of the semester, all of this came down to she had her final. And when she took her final in this class, the teacher gave her a hundred on the final. Now, talking with the athlete, she said that was not a paper that was a hundred. It just mm-hmm. wasn't that good. And what I think the clear picture was: 
because she did all this stuff and didn't didn't put up a big fuss about it, the teacher was looking for ways to help her. At the end of the semester, she wound up with a 79.7 grade point average, and the teacher gave her a B. Hmm. She thought surely she was going to get a C, you know, by the going into the final, and, and she wound up with a B, and uh, which is still not a good grade for her because mm-hmm. of her history. But it was still, it was a great way she learned so much about how to handle she taught me things about how to handle adversity when things don't go right how do you respond to those things what a great way to set her up for her future when she gets into situations that are uncomfortable right yeah i mean it's just a good it's a good lesson that while we there may be times we're justified to do something it may not be right yeah i mean kind of it's the story of the cross. Yeah. Christ was justified to wipe this earth out. Yeah. Wasn't God's will. Yeah. And that, that wouldn't, to wipe the world out wouldn't advance the kingdom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great lesson. Yeah. Last question. What call on your life has been interrupted and God is urging you to take a mulligan? I'm not sure that, I just know every year I, I was talking with one of my athletes recently, and she was talking about how by the end of the season, she wasn't really comfortable with a lot of things. And um, I was able to tell, you know, every year is a new start. And it's very, very interesting when you have a a group Mm -hmm. that you manage, coach, whatever you want to call it, to watch the dynamics change as people come into and out of that group. And um, it's like a new start every year. It's very interesting dynamic to watch. I think. And I think it's one of the great things about coaching high school, college, any of these teams where folks are coming in and going out. Youth sports is is good because a lot of times with youth sports, it's the same way. The the dynamic changes every year. And and that's frustrating to some people, but it's great to have those new starts occasionally. Yeah. You know, I kind of feel like, you know, my oldest son, Lane, he's been on here a few times. I feel like he's 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 teeing the mulligan up right now. He's he's had a yeah. couple of years of just of some setbacks, heartbreaks, heartaches, you know, a list of things that um but I think he's I think he's stronger for it. He's had coaching issues, he's had stress fractures, he's had iron that we talked about a few weeks ago. I mean, he is Yeah. and he's he's gotten stronger even with all that and uh my hope and prayer for his life is that all these setbacks that he's experienced the past few years there it's actually going to be the best things that could have happened to him um yeah, that's know, my prayer yeah you know what's interesting is what 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 lane has done is he's 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 taken several mulligans mm-hmm. but in my way of thinking, every time he takes that mulligan, he hits that thing longer and straighter down that fairway mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. And and it just it's it's been impressive to watch the way he responds to it. Yeah. And I yeah, you can't mulligans are intended to make things better. Yes. And you can't have a mulligan without a bad shot. And uh we need those bad shots every now and then. Yeah, we do.
At Run For God, we care about more than just your exercise. We care about your relationship with God, and we believe that the music you listen to while you run can help to build your relationship with God. That's why we partner with J Radio. J Radio offers a variety of positive and Christian playlists to listen to while you run. You can find a playlist that is put together by our Run Club members just like you in the Run For God station on J Radio. All right, we're back, and we had this really tragic event that happened recently. I guess it's it's a few weeks ago. Um, we're recording this a little early, so it's been a few weeks ago, but this half marathoner collapsed and died in the Brooklyn Half Marathon. It was, it was really sad, obviously, and I, I just kind of want to point a few things out about this. Um, as usual, every time something tragic happens in a running event, it, it gets promoted as this running thing is really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I always hate to see that because yeah. we know the benefits of running far outweigh the negatives. Now, do, do tragic things happen? Sure. Um, but in this case, there's 22,000 people running in this race. It's a humongous race. And in the end... I saw an article and it said there were five people with serious conditions in the end. And I'm thinking five out of 22,000. That's not a high percentage. Um, now, one is too many, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but but it wasn't an epidemic like they made it out to be. Um, and I don't know anything about this guy who died. Uh, apparently he died from cardiac arrest and um, that he had some underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, it it just to me, it just underscores the, the direction we should be headed with stories like this are get checked out. Yeah. You know, we talked about Jim Fix on here a few weeks yeah. ago. Um, you know, he died because he thought he was indestructible because he wrote a book about running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how fit you are. You still got to get things checked out. But you're sure right. Okay. I mean, everybody likes to pick up the narrative narrative that running is so dangerous. There was this guy died. And you're right. That, that's a tragedy. But think about if these 22,000 people just decided they were going to have a sedentary life. Yeah. Well, heart disease, diabetes, obesity. I mean, just think about all the things that would take those people out. It would be a lot more than five. Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, this is this is horrible yeah. that this happened. But it, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a mandate on this sport. It's yeah. not... You know, well, in context was completely missing from the articles that I read because it had been it had been reasonable temperatures and all of a sudden it got really hot and humid. Mm-hmm. And um, I say really hot. It was it was warm, but it was really humid and it hadn't been humid. And so um, this was a surprise. It takes time for your body to acclimate. We've talked mm-hmm. about that before. Um, so you, you've got to give yourself time. I, I think the one thing that I think that it, that is important is that we have to understand that, that there's, there's risks in everything in this case, going and going out for a run today. Mm-hmm. I, when I go out for a run today, you know, God forbid I'm running on a sidewalk. There's a road right next to it. Sure. You never, you never know what's going to happen. Um, but there are some things worth it. As you say, the not choosing not to do it could be much worse. Um, but be careful. 
mm-hmm. about what you do out there. Um, give yourself time. When it comes time to run and it's hot out and it's hotter than usual, slow down. Yeah. You know, be smart about what you do, but don't stop doing it. And don't buy into this stuff that they should have canceled. They said they should. Somebody said the race should have been canceled. Well, it was it was 70 degrees and 80, 80, 83 percent humidity, I think, at the start. Not terrible conditions. No. And, but uh, but anyway, yeah, just just be careful and understand the physiological way that your body works. And and mm-hmm. um, and you'll be fine. Just be smart. Be smart. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Do you have anything that bugs you while you're running walk? <laughs> well, here's a story about bugs. It's called Drawing Flies. I don't know if it's my head or my hair, but something about the top of my head appears to be paradise for flies. They're drawn to it. I'm aware that there's a joke that could be inserted at this point in my story, but we're going to skip it. Now, they're not drawn to it 24 hours a day. As a matter of fact, the only time flies seem to be be drawn to me is while I'm running. Probably half of my runs over six miles include some portion of time where a fly seems intent on driving me crazy. Once the fly owns in on my head, it will bang incessantly against the top of my head. Like Chinese water torture, it never stops. Over and over, pop, pop, pop. The fly keeps dive bombing the top of my head. Every once in a while, I'll swat at the fly, missing, of course, and I will hit myself in the head. It's super annoying. I get. I used to get so frustrated that it would derail my run. I would get worked up about the nuisance, but my irritation just seemed to delight the little pests even more. Even though I know it's coming, it drives me crazy. Well, at one time it drove me crazy. I have found a way to fight the little boogers. I have decided this is a great time to focus on focus. There are so many opportunities in running to allow distractions to get our thoughts off course. I have decided that the flies are a perfect opportunity to work on ignoring the distractions. Truthfully, the flies, they don't change my run. The fact that, I, that the fact that they are there doesn't slow me down any more than I let them. I decided I would not allow them to distract me. I turned a negative situation into an opportunity to work on getting better at my focus when I run. What is your fly situation? What gets you off track when you run? I challenge you to take a fresh look at it and find a way to allow it to help you rather than hurt you. It can be done. You just heard an example. What can you do to turn your negative into a positive? Speaking of turning a negative into a positive, how many times did Jesus turn a situation completely on its head by the way he responded to it? In biblical days, the woman caught in adultery would naturally be stoned to death, but Jesus turned the situation around by forcing all those standing nearby to look at the situation differently. Each time the Pharisees tried to catch Jesus with his words, he surprised them with his answers. Jesus is the master at turning a situation around, and the Bible tells us that his power lives in us. Try looking at your challenges through different lenses. 
It doesn't matter if it's a silly problem like flies buzzing around your head or a more serious problem like trying to break an addiction or repair a relationship. No matter what it is, learning to take a step back and looking at the issue with a fresh eye can make all the difference. And Jesus' power can take it from there. Okay, Dean, I'm taking issue with this story. Are you? Do you really ignore the flies now? To, to some degree. Really? I mean, I know they're still there. Golly, those, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just around here, but especially you go into wooded lower areas. Yeah. Yeah. Crow Road at the bottom of the hill. Yep. It's like, man, yep. they will come out in force right there. <laughs> you're right. But I've learned if you wear a hat, they won't bug you. That's a good, yeah. Hat, a hat, but man, and some of them bite around here. I call them the biting flies. Yeah. Um, some of them will. Now, those are hard to ignore. There is no way. I, I go crazy. I, I have I have went out on a run before and headed down to the bottom of the hill at Crow Road there, and they come out, and I realized I didn't have a hat. I've turned around and went back to my truck and come home and got a hat. <laughs> it's that I can't ignore them. Uh, well, you uh, can. You well, can. A lot of times I, I have. I guess I need to read this story a few more times. <laughs> I've run myself into the ground because of these flies yeah. occasionally because I try to speed up because I feel like if I get to moving faster and the wind will blow them yeah, off. Yeah, and then their friends show up. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> and it's it seems like it's always in wooded area, but if, if you get a good breeze, a lot of times that'll help. But uh, yeah, a lot of times it'll it'll bug you while you're going downwind, and then when you turn back around, if you if you're going out and back, you turn back around, and they'll they'll disappear when the wind is yeah. blowing in your face. And you know, there's somebody somewhere that you're just hoping they don't have a, a video camera on you, because I've, I mean, I've got I've lost it a few times. I'm just swatting and swatting and swatting, and I know people driving by are like, he's lost his marbles. <laughs> You know, I listen to a guy who, who does a podcast and he talks all the time about reframing and how, how we reframe issues. I, I, I think this idea of reframing the things that we go through and the circumstances that we're in is one of the most important skills we can acquire. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of the And running is obviously one of those things. How many times do we talk about trying to get kids when we coach them focused on the right things and mm-hmm. away from the things that are dragging them down uh, it, it, it it's why music whenever you if you st- see the studies on music if you're a recreational runner music helps you to be able to run faster for a professional runner music hurts you and distracts you from running faster and it's all because of the focus mm-hmm. um and so you have the power to focus wherever you want to focus. And as I said, we've got the power of Jesus in us. <laughs> we can do anything. Well, I mean, and it's fo- refocusing is one of those things. It's not not that hard to do. It's proven that you can only have acute focus on one thing at a time. Yep. And you know, it's it's kind of like when you're when your kids are little and you take them to get their shots. If you'll notice, the good nurses before they stick the needle in their arm or in their hip they'll pinch them somewhere else. And so the yeah. kid focuses there and they don't even feel the shot go in. And that's the same way yeah. with recreational runners. We're trying to take our focus off the pain and put it on the music where professional runners, they're trying to put their focus on the intensity of the workout and making sure they're hitting it and focusing on music would take them away from that. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's all about your focus and what, you know, if, if there's biting flies around me, I haven't figured out how to get my focus off of them yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, now if they're biting flies, it's a little different. Most of the ones that I encounter. Well, are, even are just the ones flies. that buzz around you, if they're yeah. hitting me in the head, it's 
I want to find a baseball bat somewhere and <laughs> go to swinging. Well, well and, and we're talking about running related things, but this goes to everything. You know, a lot sure. of times I'll talk to kids, high school kids, and I'll ask them how school's going. And they're those kids that just hate school. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. But I always try to focus them in another direction and try to find that that spark of well, you, when you go to school, though, you get you get to you get to be around your friends. Right. You know, and, and try to focus them and make them think about something different sure. than just the idea that I got to go to school and do work, yeah. you know, and, and it can make a difference. And we can do that and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember, you know, the teachers that I remember the most are the ones that were toughest on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the ones that challenged me the most. And those that challenged me helped change my perspective on things. Yeah. And uh, those are often the things. Good teachers that do that. Yeah, they will. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, so we have some uh, track meets at Hayward Field this uh, this year. That it's unbelievable the number of meets that they have there. You know, they had the, the, the and Hayward Field is the track out in Oregon. It's the mm-hmm. most famous track in the United States. It's where pre ran and um, just a famous place. And they've re redone it. Um, it's beautiful. Um, the Pac-12 championships they had out there. Then they had the high school state championships. Then they're having the Prefontaine Classic this weekend. Um, the NCAA championships are coming up. Then the Nike Outdoor Nationals. Then the USATF Outdoor Championships. And then the World Championships. Like every championship possible in the United States is being held at Hayward Field um, in the next few months. Um, it's, it's pretty exciting and pretty cool. I'd love to be able to go out there and do some of those uh, or to, to watch some of those. But yeah. I was talking with an athlete who is uh, somebody that we're recruiting to um, run at Dalton State, and she's going out there to volunteer to help at the World Championships. Really? Yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool. I've never yeah. been there. I, I would love to go to go visit it sometime. It's really nice. You know, I went before they rebuilt it, mm-hmm. and I've gone after they rebuilt it. And I wonder, I wonder if they, if the track is in the exact same spot because i know they tore everything up and redid everything so i'm Mm. assuming it's the whole track is all brand new Mm. but i wonder if they were really careful about laying it down in the exact same spot you would think they they were i I mean because it's so iconic yeah yeah i would i don't know that's just one of those crazy things that i think about um, so many story, new storylines in track and field. We, we talked about Arian Knighton a couple of weeks ago. Now there's a Jamaica's got their own new phenom. A guy named Oblique Seville, 21 years old, ran a 9.68. You know, the Jamaican Jamaicans in the United States are kind of the, mm-hmm. the superpowers when it comes to um, when it comes to sprinting. Of course, the the 
Olympic champions from neither one. He's from Italy, which is really strange because there, there have been some good Pietro Menea. I think he he was back in my day, back in when I was in high school. I think he had the two hundred meter world record. He was from Italy, um, but Marcel Jacobs, um, he's back. He's looking better. He didn't look so good there for a little bit, but he's he might be a little rusty. But he's going to be back for the world championships. Um, and then there was a. Uh, a second girl. It's been Mary Kane was the first girl, the only girl to run under two minutes for the 800 meters in high school. And she did this back. Oh, Mary Kane's she's up there now. She's, mm-hmm. it had to be 15 years ago at least. Uh, and now we've got a second girl running the 800 under two minutes. Her name is Juliet Whitaker. She's from Maryland. And then in the same meet, <laughs> a guy ran, she ran the second fastest time ever. And then a, a guy in the same meet, another high schooler, Cade Flat, also ran the second fastest high school time ever. It was 146 for, for guys. So um, the 800 meter is getting get, – 800 meters in the United States is getting so competitive. And I think I know why. I think that sprinters are starting to believe that they can run, run the 800 meters and run longer. And I think that's making a difference in the quality of our 800 meter fields because for a long time we had some decent 800 meter runners but we never had the best well because i think i mean correct me, i've never run the 800 meters so correct me if i'm wrong but it's kind of that weird distance where you know it's it's not quite a sprint so people the sprinters are focused on their own thing it's mm-hmm. and it's not it's not quite distance so you got distance runners focusing on the mile the 5k whatever and so it's always kind of been that no man's land, but now you you've got people you've actually got people coming from both ways to it, don't you? Yeah, you've got you, you you've got distance runners running it, and you got sprinters running it. So it's it's really the only race where you'll see both. That's true. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. Is there is concept. there any one that historically is better? Does it lean more towards sprinters, or does it lean more towards say milers? The the world records that have been held over the years have, have all been distance runners. Okay. Um, but we're but that seeing, could be changing. Well, I think Mo, you know, she's she's in my in my mind the best in the world right now, and she came she comes from a sprinting background. It's kind of the same idea as you know Ironman nowadays. Yeah, you know yeah. Ironman is you're you're getting the all the records are being broken. It seems like every race because you've got the the young ITU the short course guys coming up into the Ironman field and. You know, we, we've always said it. If, if you learn to run fast, you know, it's easy to add distance. Yeah. But if you can if you can learn how to run fast, it, it'll take you a long way. Yeah, it is like that. A weird thing happened in a high school meet in Iowa, too. A guy named Jackson Hedish. I'm not sure how to say his last name, but he was running in the 800 meters and he got pushed down and it was pretty violent i mean it was a it was a clear infraction it wasn't one of those things where there was just some incidental contact and he goes down hard i mean he hit the ground he rolled as he went down people were running over him and it was it was ugly when he went down but then a little while later he comes back and just absolutely dominates the 1600 meters hmm. and the race officials decided to allow him to rerun his 800 meters, just really? his, not the whole race. They let him run solo the 800 meters uh, because the guy that had pushed him down got disqualified, and they thought, well, this is this is a way to rectify it. 
So they let him run his 800 meters by himself. And Is that he wound common? Up, he wound up finishing third. I've never heard of it happening really? before. Yeah, this is the first time I've yeah, ever heard seems. of it. It's an odd thing. I wonder, though, th- this seems like there could be a slippery slope here, just in my opinion. I remember a race a few years ago. I, it was a seven-mile race um, over near my house. And um, I ran this race, and I won the race. And I remember talking with somebody just a few minutes after the race, and um, he said, man, that was a great race. He said, I hope you get to keep it. I was like, what do you mean keep it he said well there's a guy out there running the running the race course now he showed up late and they're letting him run the course afterwards well what it it was it was a it was a problem with central time versus eastern time you know we're right near the line Mm -hmm. and this guy was coming from central time and that's how he got got off on, on the time and apparently on the website there was one spot that had the right time and another spot had the wrong time and anyway it wasn't his fault i think that he showed up late but he showed up late. They decided to let him go run the race. Hmm. And um, I don't know. It was a little weird feeling to know. I just won the competition. There were If that guy, I feel like if that guy was there, maybe I could have run even faster. I don't know. You don't know. Well, but I mean, like in this 800 here, that, that seems very odd because, I mean, especially when you're talking about a two-minute race, I mean, that period of time, a cloud could come over the track yeah. and the temperature dropped 10 degrees. Yep. Or it could start raining. I mean, the conditions, especially for a track meet, could be completely different in 30 minutes' time, So, which is a huge advantage to somebody. Not saying that's what happened here, but, yeah, you're right. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. I don't don't think they should do that. At the same time. I mean, it stinks for the person that got pushed down, but that's that's sport. I mean, you— but as, as, a, as, a, as a race director, too, when you put yourself in their shoes, it's like they're trying to figure out what's the best way to make it right. What's the closest I can get to making it right? And so I can see why you would think those kinds of things. I'm just not sure it leads in a good it direction. It blurs the lines. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. All right. We have a trivia question for this week. Um, and here it is. Name the event that had the largest number of participants ever for an official road race. You know, we got the peach of any distance. Yes, I don't know that one. We have the Peachtree Road Race nearby which here, which is one 10K. of the yeah, it's one of the largest any of any distance in the yeah. world. But uh, there are some larger, hmm. and so uh, so check that out. And if you're the first one to answer that question and get back to me at dean at runforgod.com, if you're the first one, dean at runforgod.com, then you will win a Run Club Tumblr. So get on it. Google it. All right. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this is my reason for this week. It is truly international. You know, it's a way that people can understand each other, no matter what the culture is, no matter what the language is. There can be a barrier there, but we understand people who run. Uh, Running in the United States is really no different than running in Europe or Mm. Japan. Um, It kind of gives us a kind of a common language, right? Uh, And people travel all over the world to run. I know every time I've run Boston, I've always seen a lot of people from all over, all sorts of different languages being spoken. And it's kind of cool to be a part of that because, look, suffering, suffering is suffering. (laughs) (laughs) Universal language. We all do it together. (laughs) All right. Our motivational thought of the week is this. Comes from Henry David Thoreau. 
What you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. Mm, that's a great sentiment. Isn't that cool? Yeah, the, the pursuit of, of your goals sometimes isn't as, is, isn't as important as the destination. I think uh, I think about a college degree. When I was working in human resources, um, I always looked at college degrees this way. I never now, if you're going to be an engineer, your college degree might be important. Mm-hmm. But in general, just the fact that you can take on a long-term project and finish it—that's really what the value of a college degree sure. is. That we know that you can do that. And so, um, yeah, I think uh, that's kind of kind of kind of goes back to this. It's. Uh, it's not always the piece of paper that the degree is printed on. It's what that represents. Yeah. That's important. Yep. All right. Until next week, we are done. May God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.